Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Shillman and we have Matthew Perry back for another great discussion. Today we dive into the concepts of chasing pain and why we cannot outstrengthen our bad movement patterns. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Matthew Perry, how are you doing today? Hey, Brianne, I am doing wonderful. We have, um, I always talk about the weather here because I'm lucky and I pay enough for it. <laughs> we got <laughs> that weather. <laughs> it feels, feels like summer here in sunny San Diego. Um, absolutely no complaints. Um, getting through the week and uh, trying to enjoy things along the way. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that because yes, you you do pay for your weather. <laughs> yes, yes, in exorbitant amounts. <laughs> but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> for for those, I'm I'm sure most people who are listening understand California. You know, they call it the sunshine tax and all that. I'm sure similar to Florida. Um, you know, I'm fortunate that we don't have to worry about hurricanes, any of that kind of stuff, because that would freak me out. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, you have earthquakes. <laughs> we have earthquakes. It's so funny. Bringing just real quick, like being in California for most of my life, um, I see people coming from outside of California and they're freaked out about earthquakes. Like, oh my God, I need earthquake insurance. I need this. Thing. You know, it's just, it'll happen. And, you know, just get in a doorway and you'll be okay. <laughs> I was like, why are you so calm, Matthew? <laughs> no, it's really funny. So my, um, here's like, I have this really weird fear of why I don't like ever want to be in an earthquake. Like, I'm afraid that I'm going to be standing at where like the ground opens up and falling through the big crevice. Oh, yeah. Like the movie, like earthquake kind of stuff. <laughs> Like, this is my fear of an earthquake. <laughs> <laughs> you just go, boop. <laughs> okay, maybe that kind of peaked a little fear of mine, too. <laughs> any, any seismologists or anything, seismologists uh, who, are, who are listening, please uh, reach out to Brianne and dispel that. The like Yes, that'd be great. That'd be great. I don't avoid California, but I don't want to live there because of that. <laughs> you go visit every now and again. Exactly. Awesome. Well, on that note, this podcast is not to talk about earthquakes and the weather. So let's dive into what we did want to talk about today. Um, and I think we'll start with Let's actually start with what you kind of brought up, uh, Matt, as far as the chasing pain conversation. And I think, which I totally understand, like people have pain, they want to be out of pain. And that's kind of the main focus of anyone, which rightfully so, like that's what keeps you from being able to do what you want to do. It can be what keeps you from being able to sleep, um, all those things. So it makes sense that we want to get rid of the pain, but I think a lot of times, it's like, oh, I have pain here. Okay, let's calm it down. Oh, and now I have pain here. Okay, let's calm it down. And we're just tr like essentially chasing pain rather than actually like figuring out what's going on with things. Yeah, absolutely. It's been kind of a common theme, especially over the last few weeks. It's really, you know, stuck out. It's this whole like, you know, um, you know, you, you go to a restaurant and you ask for the soup du jour, right? You know, soup, soup of the day. 
I don't know if that's a literal translation, but you know, and I think most people know what I mean. And uh, the same thing happens with our pain, right? You know, um, you come in one day, oh, you know, my elbow hurts. And then you come in the next day, oh, my wrist hurts. Oh, the next day, my shoulder, you know, and, and I, I first, as you did, want to really validate people's, you know, um, people's pain. And that's a real thing. And, you know, where they hurt is a completely real thing, you know, but I feel that our expertise and kind of our role in our patient's care is not to, um, not to be chasing symptoms and stuff like that. I feel like most people can do that very sufficiently via YouTube or whatever, you know, my wrist hurts today, look up some wrist exercise, right? You know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's to get to the bottom of their pain and to, to, to try to resolve it, make sure it's not happening you know, anymore. Right. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you and I both want to make a living and we do that by working with injured people. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to see that same person every day, every week for the rest of my life. Like I want them to be able to be able to not see me for years at a time and only come back when it's like, Oh, you know what? I fell down the hill and broke this or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, I'll see you when you injure yourself again because of a trauma. I don't want to see you because, Oh, my Achilles is hurting now. And Oh, now my hamstrings hurting and, and just going through these patterns. Yeah. You know, because they're all symptoms, uh, you know, the, the, the lower body injuries are great, you know, cause they're typically symptoms of a bigger problem and a central problem. And, you know, I tell my people, you know, hey, you can come in and see me if you'd like, you know, hey, Sue, I love your cookies. Please come in every, you know, during during Christmas time and bring some cookies and stuff. But I don't want you seeing me because you have to. And and yeah, you know, if we're treating someone for their Achilles issue and then, like you said, you know, a year later, they fall down a hill or whatever and hurt their shoulder, two independent things. Right. But but chasing, you know, symptoms that are obviously, you know, a bigger problem. You know, we need to, uh, we need to do a little bit better, uh, better than that. We can work on palliative care, and and when they they hurt themselves, you know, can can we uh, can we give them a little program to like, okay, if your hip hurts, this is kind of what you do. If your knee hurts, this is what you do. But you know, our goal is to to deal with the whole person and the overall underlying issues. Yeah. And one thing I do want to point out too, that came to mind as you're talking about that, um, after I said, you know, I don't want to see people forever for the rest of my life is like still the importance of maintenance. Like I know I go to my massage therapist once a month because I know with my training, I need to loosen things up. Um, and I think the, like, it's important for the physical therapist as well. And, you know, maybe even the chiropractor, depending on that chiropractor, um, but I think it's our bodies because of postures we maintain, habits we maintain. We get stuck in some different patterns. We get, um, you know, maybe you just rolled your ankle a little bit, we're able to run it off, feels fine, but there might still be a little bit of a stickiness restriction in there. Um, like just seeing someone once a month for just kind of like, let's just look over everything, make sure everything's moving well, make sure nothing's going to create anything else can be super beneficial. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm definitely in that camp of maintenance. You know, you, we have this, um, the system where, you know, you at least should be going to your dentist, you know, two <laughs> times a year for, for checkups. You know, I know we don't all, all do that. 
And same with your medical doctor, you know, at least once a year for, you know, an annual checkup, you know, why are we not doing that with, uh, with movement, you know, and with, um, um, with, with our bodies as far as rehab goes. And, you know, it goes back to this whole thing. It's like, you know, do diets, I'm putting that word in quotes, uh, typically work? No. Do lifestyle changes work? Yes, absolutely. Right. It's typically not just this, you know, go in for whatever I eat right for a week and I'm, and I'm good or a couple of weeks. Um, and the same thing happens with our body. And I know it's a couple different points, uh, but but we, we absolutely, you know, if we want to keep moving well, we have to make sure our machine is well oiled. Absolutely. And that's really interesting because I'm like, okay, as you're talking, I'm thinking about this. I'm like, how did this all start with dentists? Like, when does this all start as far as like twice a year? Like, it's just a normal thing. It's what we do. And the insurance companies are kind of on the same belief because obviously like insurance pays for those two cleanings a year. If you have insurance, I don't. Um, so I pay out of pocket. <laughs> That's beside the point. Um, but so it's like everyone's definitely bought into this system and I don't disagree with it at all. Like we want healthy teeth. So I'm like, how do we other than just talking about it more in, in these avenues, like how do we get a system created where it's just normal to do that movement check-in twice a year, quarterly, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's the, uh, you know, you know, million dollar question, you know, um, so to speak, because, uh, because yeah, we, we definitely don't have that. You know, I think one, um, you know, we should reverse as a profession in our our physical therapy profession. And if anyone's listening, please reach out and, and help us help y'all. You know, if you're involved in the APTA or whatever, you know, bodies there are is 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 advocating for that and showing what you and I have shown and can can uh, demonstrate in data that when people are doing these check-ins, they are hurt a lot less, right? Um, or, you know, the, the, sorry, the magnitude of their injuries are a lot less. So, you know, we need to then go to the insurance companies and be like, see, this is going to save y'all money because this is the, that's the only way, you know, I'm sure they found with routine cleanings, there were less $50,000 oral surgeries. So, you know, um, and I, I know that's a conversation for like another time getting a little existential here, but, um, but, you know, I think it all starts with, with, with what you what you are doing and why it's so important, what I'm doing, why I feel it's so important is um, is, is setting that intention with the, the people that are within our reach. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think tying into to some of this is kind of what we also wanted to um, bring up today is the whole concept of you can't strengthen bad patterns, bad movement, compensations, things like that. Um, you know, time and time again, we see people who have an issue. So they just start to do strengthening, or maybe they're working with their therapist and they start doing strengthening, but no one's actually looking at, it's like, you know what, every time you say toe off, you are rotating in your hip because you are lacking ankle dorsiflexion or whatever compensation is there. And like you can strengthen all you want, but unless you break down that habit that your body's stuck in, you're just essentially strengthening poor patterns. 
yeah it's um it's something that i you know see a lot you know people just think that they can just outlift their <laughs> their their injuries oh well you know it hurts when i do 225 maybe if i do 235 it'll get better <laughs> or maybe that's the advice they're being given and <laughs> and all that it's like well you know maybe maybe sometimes i'm sure there's some cases where that happens but generally no because there's an underlying dysfunction going on in their shoulder blade or like whatever that's keeping them from maintaining that whatever position um when they bench press and and um and now you're contributing you're kind of moving like towards bad by with that with that mindset as opposed to you know towards good or away from bad mm-hmm. absolutely do you where do you think and I guess it could be a lot of things but where do you think the disconnect is there as far as um why we just continue strengthening and not looking at those other things that in how someone's moving yeah that's a great question you know I, I think a lot of it is kind of habitual you know that's kind of how we especially as Americans like to get through things <laughs> is by doing more just adding more into the system and hoping you know uh something happens um and uh you know i, I also think that because most of our people at least i can only speak for myself you know are working with their trainers and stuff like that and and that's that's the the methodology and 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 all of that with their trainers and uh so you know they're they're given that 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 kind of advice but what we find is when we are in con- working conjunction with their trainers they have this whole different lens it's like oh my gosh so so this is happening not because like we need to strengthen this but because this other thing you know um serratus anterior is not working as well as it could and it's not always strengthening that we have other aspects of i know i'm getting long-winded but uh, you know neuromuscular re-education we can work on the nerves to help with the input to the muscles you know and there's all these little facets that could be contributing uh, to what's going on but um, I'm, I'm really interested to hear, you know, what you think you know, on, on your end with your population. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's, I think there's a couple of things going on. One is almost like we said before, like just chasing pain. I think so many um, just practitioners just like see that pain. They know the person wants to get out of pain. They address that pain. Okay, cool. The pain's gone. Problem solved. Um, and don't really necessarily look any deeper to see what movement patterns might be creating that. Um, but I think too, there's like, there's some like personal trainers, coaches, like, like they know what they like, they know their stuff for sure. What they don't know a lot of times, and there are some really good ones that do understand it, but what they don't know a lot of times is those intricacies of movement. Like I've worked with a number of coaches who had shoulder stuff going on, shoulder injuries. And it's like, we cleaned up a little bit of how that whole shoulder blade area works, how it's controlled and things go away. So I think a lot of times it's not that they're anyone's bad. It's not that anyone is uneducated. It's simply, it's like, we know what we know. And we haven't necessarily gone out of that scope of what we know, um, which is why all of us, I think, have to work really well together in order to really, you know, work as a team 
in order to really help people solve their problems. I love that. That's so well put. And, um, and with, uh, with the trainer kind of PT collaboration, you know, what I always like to say is kind of like, you know, my goal is to work on that micro on a super microscopic level with, um, with the client, you know, getting that glute work and getting the whatever working. So then you can train them as a whole and, you know, trainers can go micro, you know, with stuff as well, but, but, you know, I really want to get that muscle functioning so that you can build this person up and, you know, help them, you know, um, optimize their performance, you know, um, or maybe I'm gaining the range while they're training the range. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this, um, this great collaboration of so many people who are willing to, um, you know, uh, between us, because it's all for the betterment of the patient, right, or the client. It's not about me. It's not about marking territory or any of that stuff. Um, it's uh, uh, it's 100% about it's client centered and client focused. Absolutely. And I love, to be honest, I love working. Not that I love that coaches get injured, but I love working with them because especially then, like, I'll see them instructing other people, like with the cues that I use or not necessarily with the same cues, but like helping other people, other athletes, like to move better. And I'm like, and that ultimately, like, that's my goal. I know I, there's millions of people in this world. I can't help them all. There's billions of people actually in this world. I can't help them all. Like, (laughs) let me teach other people by helping them. Like, so they can help other people. So like, that's why I absolutely love is being able to work with some of those coaches and trainers from a, um, from a client standpoint in order to really like teach them how to help other people better. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. And, uh, you know, just like vice versa, you know, I like, uh, training with strength coaches mm-hmm. and stuff because, you know, they'll have some cues and stuff, you know, get out of the hole, you know, in the pocket, like that, that kind of stuff. Oh, that's good. And maybe not, you know, for this particular, you know, um, cue of Olympic weightlifting or something like that, only lifting, but I can take that, you know, into, um, into help my clients in a, in a different way. So, you know, again, it's all about collaboration. It's all about a, you know, growth mindset to help with injury cycle. The other thing I like about working with, you know, with our trainers is typically our trainers have been seeing our client, my clients, at least for a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. So I can gain a ton of insight into movement patterns. And like I said, it's just with a different lens. And I'm like, oh, okay, what they're saying is this. This sounds like to me this. And you know, on we go. Yeah, that's definitely, that's so true too. Is Because by the time we see them, they've, for the most part, they've been working with someone else for a while. And being able to have that insight is really helpful. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the what, what you said in the very beginning was like the, you know, that injury cycle. And the only way you can get out of a cycle of any kind is to really, really break it. And by doing the same things that you have been doing or out, trying to outstrengthen the bad, bad habit, um, you know, likely hasn't worked in the past and is probably not going to work in the future. So we need to, you know, just, just take a pause, take a deep breath <laughs> and, and critically think about it. Because I think when we do, and I'm sure everything we're saying makes so much sense for everyone listening. It's like, oh yeah, well, duh. But, you know, really implementing that, how do we, how do we do that, right? Yeah. I want to take a quick break to talk about Run With Happy Feet. If you are dealing with a foot and ankle issue that is keeping you from running and racing, this is the website for you. 
So go check it out at runwithhappyfeet.com. Or if you want faster results, then book a free call with me so we can take a deep dive into your situation. You can book a call at runwithhappyfeet.com slash book dash call. Now back to the conversation. And I think I want to take a little step back before we talk about how we implement it and talk about why these patterns even happen. Like why are we restricted motion in certain areas? Why are we um, stuck in the patterns that we are rather than like the body should just know what to do? I blame Netflix. You play what? <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> just playing, just playing Netflix. Don't, don't pull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Totally kidding. Totally kidding. It's, uh, there's not a single, there's not a single cause to any of it. That's right. Um, but it is, you know, um, uh, they, they did a really cool study on um, uh, low back pain. I'm, I'm sure you've seen the graphic before. They, you know, uh, EMG, um, which is putting a probe into someone's lower back. Um, you know, good on them because they're better than I. <laughs> I would never <laughs> do something like that. But, uh, and then they measured different postures. You know what I'm talking about? You know the study I'm talking about? Yeah. And uh, they had the person slumped at their desk. They had someone standing and someone kind of slouched over while standing, you know, a bunch of different positions. And they, they, they found that someone who's slumped sitting, and that's that kind of five o'clock posture for everyone listening right now, you know, <laughs> where you're just done with your work day and want to get on with it, uh, with your day. And they found it was like, you know, two and a half to three times your body weight, you know, is put on your lower back in that position. And so not that any of these positions are, you know, good or bad, but sustaining these positions for a long time, you know, I personally think are, you know, the biggest contributory to, um, to our dysfunctions. Yeah, sustaining positions. And I think to the, like, <clears throat> it's still sustained positions, but I think like, Thinking about those things we do every single day that we don't realize we're doing. Um, like if you are someone who is like, every time you're standing, you're shifted onto your right side. Or when you are like anything you're doing, maybe in your kitchen, you are always rotating to your right. You're never rotating to your left. So we get like locked into these patterns. Um, like these are the, even if you are, working to, even if you are doing the things to like fix the patterns, which you will talk about in the how, but like, but you're living the other 20 some hours of your life in these patterns, you're still not going to fully break things down. So it, it does take some assessment and thinking about like these things in your life, the things that seem totally normal for you to be doing every single day that don't seem odd at all. And really starting to analyze, like, what am I doing on a daily basis that might be contributing to some of these issues? Hit the nail on the head with that. Um, yeah, it's, um, and, and this goes back more to, to habits, right? You know, what's our, what's our habit? Yeah. <laughs> you know, if our habit is every time you reach overhead after unloading the dishwasher is, you know, with, um, um, you know, putting the dishes up with our right arm, we have this habit, right? And we're going to develop these, these imbalances. And that's obviously a super small scale, probably fairly insignificant, but now we have that preference of, um, reaching up every single time we, uh, you know, we want to get something else. And, 
and now you're doing that 40 times a day on your right side and not utilizing your left side, now we have this significant imbalance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I, I think that's a nail on the head habits. Something else I was reading, <laughs> I saw this research article maybe six months ago now, and it kind of, I wouldn't say I wasn't looking for verification on anything. I was actually looking for something else, but, or, um, but it did say like one of the biggest reasons of re-injury rates is incomplete rehab following a previous injury. So I think this is a lot of times where we get our like compensation patterns and things like that from, cause it's like, um, you know, going to an ankle sprain just cause it's one of the easiest. It's like, we've all turned an ankle at some point in our lives, Right. And it's like, okay, things feel great. Balance is back. Strength is good. We're back to doing things, but maybe that ankle dorsiflexion that those toes coming up towards you motion hasn't quite fully restored. So then every time you toe off, you're rotating that leg slightly outward to the side. So we can aggravate like anything up that leg into the back area. Um, so simple things like that too. Um, you know, not, not fully getting all those compensation patterns corrected when you are in therapy from an injury uh, is another huge reason that a lot of these patterns develop, I think. Which, you know, further necessitates that whole um, uh, idea of, you know, these check-ins and that kind of stuff, you know, um, you know, uh, periodically, because, yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's the age old thing with rehab is that we're really, really good traditionally at getting people back to like 70% of what they were like really good. But <laughs> the, the um, ultimate goal in my eyes, and I'm sure in yours as well, is not to get someone back to 70%, but to get someone to 120% of where they were. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily mean that 120% of range, because that's probably not healthy either. But, um, <laughs> <Function>. <laughs> I, I know you're probably thinking the, the dorsiflexion right now as I was when I was saying that. <laughs> but, um, but, but, you know, we want someone to be not only um, um, healed, but, you know, resilient and optimized. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a huge point, I thought, um, yeah. that, that you brought up. And I think it's important to note too, like anytime we develop these compensation patterns or like you're talking about reaching up into the cabinet, like our body and brain are great at making those seem or become normal to us, quote in quotes. And so it's like these things you're doing, they don't even like, you don't even know you're doing them because the body has just ingrained these as normal movement patterns. So it's not something that you can easily, unless you know movement, then you can film yourself and look at things. It's not something you can just be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Okay. We need to fix that. <laughs> yeah. It has to get pointed out. And, you know, I mean, even with me, like, you know, I, I understand movement, you know, fairly well, um, getting better every day, but, um, you, you know, when I, meet a high level strength coach, you know, who's in my network or, you know what I mean? Another uh, practitioner, you know, they point stuff out to me with how I move and, you know, I shift the weight too and, and all of that. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Thanks so much for bringing that to my attention. Now I can start working on it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, whether I do or not is another story, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's, that's a me thing more than anyone else. Thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we, we've said it over and over again on, on, our, on our talks in the past, um, you know, it's about getting that, that team and those people who are invested in you 
um, get 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 that circle around you, so that you can, um, you know, be be moving, you know, as well as possible. And and let me say one more thing. There is no, from my eyes, of course, there is no such thing as perfect movement or normal movement. We mm-hmm. all have our asymmetries. We all have our preferences. We all have our stuff. And and for a lot of us, we have our preferences, and there's no dysfunction, and that's fine. But uh, for some of us, we have our preferences and there is a dysfunction. And so we need to make sure we understand kind of what can't go in. Yeah. And I think that's definitely important to point out. Like, and I was talking to someone again recently who was like, there's no perfect movement, but there's optimal movement for each person. Cause we all have our histories. Like if you've fractured something and destroyed a joint and like that joint's never going to move properly again. Well, we probably are going to have some compensation issues. We can only get so far, um, but there we can still get optimal movement for each individual person based on their situation. Yep. Yep. And so, um, yeah. And I, I guess uh, kind of summarize that, like there's no perfect movement or textbook movement, but there is ideal movement um, and typical, you know, uh, movement and all that mm-hmm. you know like i like i say sometimes it's like hey i, I don't have shoulder problems yet anyways <laughs> and so you know this is obviously in, a, in a, a snapshot you know in my life right now so you know it doesn't really matter how i how i reach for something it really it really doesn't for me right now um but for the person with the shoulder problems yes you do need to think about how you do it i need to think about back stuff as i share with my Every time I uh, I drop a pencil and lift and and think about um to pick that up, you know it has to be a volitional thing. I have to really really think about it, you know. So um, other people doesn't matter. They can lift however they want. They might not ever get back pain. Yeah, that's that's a very good thing to point out. So how so we know we have these patterns. We've talked about how they're formed. We've talked repeatedly that we can't outstrengthen these bad patterns. So what do we actually have to start doing to correct these patterns that are going on? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's a great question. You know, the, the how, and, you know, obviously we're, we're speaking generally here is, uh, you know, first of all, identifying a problem or, a, you know, something that could be um, leading to the problem. And, um, you know, I like the whole, idea of uh, I think PT is nothing but part tasking something and reverse engineering stuff right figuring out why that could be a problem breaking it down at the at the micro level and um, and then you know implementing and building that back up right uh, I, I say the rehab process is a fairly simple thing figure out what someone can't do and figure out how they can do it, you know, I can do it again. <laughs> and obviously you can get very complex with it, but, um, you know, I, I, I think as far as the how generally, that's, that's how I approach things. Yeah. And I, and I, yeah, for the most part, as a general, I would agree. I think the biggest thing is like, like I said, the movements, or like I said earlier, the movements you're making feel like they're normal. So when we start retraining things, it feels very weird and abnormal. So then once again, the body's like, I don't want to do this. This is not right. Um, which is why for me, it's very important to have people like 
move with purpose and really be present with what their body's doing through the exercise. Cause your hat, if you move quickly through anything, your body's going to go into your compensations. If you move very purposefully and are really present with what your body's doing, you can one, make it do what you want it to do, not what it wants to do. Um, but two, like I, anytime I'm working with someone and specifically working to retrain the movement, I'm like, what are you feeling? What are you noticing? Cause the more awareness we can bring to like, Oh, well, this is firing. I'm feeling more pressure here, you know, bring awareness to what the body's actually feeling, the better our brain can make that connection to like, this is what I'm supposed to be feeling. And we can bring more aware of like, Oh, in the middle of the day when I'm walking, it's like, Oh, my pressure's not where it's supposed to be on my foot. Okay. Let's, let's correct that. And I think like just having that bigger awareness as far as like what I'm supposed to be feeling and what I do feel can be really impactful for people. Huge. Absolutely huge. Like that, that idea of body awareness and, um, and yeah, you know, I, I, I think that's absolutely, um, that's absolutely perfect because, you know, when we identify that there is a problem with somebody, they are like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that I did that. Cool. Okay, we'll pay attention to it. They start paying attention to it, and what what I absolutely love about the rehab process is the you know we're a couple weeks in, and they're they're starting to notice stuff, and maybe they came in for shoulder pain or something like that. They're like, hey, I, I now notice like when I when I lift when I lift from the from ground to overhead, my back really kind of does something a little wonky, you know, or or oh my my hip feels a little whatever. The, the whole system starts becoming more aware um, when you have them focus on you know, the primary injury area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I found. It's, it's so, so cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And kind of, I always get it, you know, I do a lot with the feet, so I always get it feet related, but it's just like, I realize like if I'm standing at my desk and uh, my pressure's on like the outside of my feet, all of a sudden later in the day, it'll start hurting. But if I'm more aware and they're like where they're supposed to be, I don't get that pain later in the day. And so like just little tweaks like that, um, you know, and that awareness can be huge for people. Um, the other thing that came to mind as you were talking about, you know, finding those other things or being more aware is as we start correcting these patterns, even like what we thought was the root cause of things sometimes fades away and we start finding those other things. So it's like, okay, rib cage is moving better, shoulders moving better, but all of a sudden now, yeah, we're finding, you know what? The back just wants to arch every time you do this or the hip doesn't quite want to rotate. And so we start like, just kind of like peeling back the layers of the onion and really diving into like, where is the like ultimate, ultimate cause of this thing? It's, it's so cool. And probably one of my favorite parts of, um, of what I do is, um, is really, uh, uh, increase that body awareness and peeling back the onion. And because what the other thing we're 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 focused or we're we're fostering with our clients is the idea of autonomy, mm-hmm. right? Because they are more aware of their body. It's not me just telling them no, don't shrug, no, don't shrug, no, don't shrug every day. Where they're reliant on an external cue, they have these internal cues now as to what they should be doing, what they have been doing, and and why maybe you know we. we former is better than, than the latter with that. Yeah. And I, I still remember several years ago, a couple years ago, I got a message from a past client of mine and she's like, Hey, I've been dealing with, I've been getting some IT band stuff. She goes, this is what I've been doing lately. Do you think that could be related? 
And I was just like, yeah, she's like, so if I start doing X, Y, and Z, like that should help calm it down. Yes. So I'm like, I love, like, that's what I want with people. Like, I don't care if they message me later just to confirm, but the fact that they can like think through things and process and be like, oh, this is what she taught me before. I think this is all I need to do. And we can like correct what I've caused. Um, like that's what I love. I love people feel empowered and really understand like how the body moves, what they may have done to cause an issue and then what they can do to counteract that. That is so cool. I love, I love that story. And, um, yeah, so that, that person came in just confirming with you and, and they were already on the right track and all that. And so who knows, it might need a tweak or two, but, but they're there, you know, and they already have a, you know, master's degree in their own body when before they had a middle school degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Because uh, I mean, right, it, it, it is kind of like school, right? I mean, what, what, we're, uh, what we're educating uh, the, the patients. I see myself as, as nothing but a, a teacher. You know, I'm just teaching you to become more aware of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, uh, great things that, uh, that, that happen from that. That's so cool. Yeah. It's like, we, you know, I do a lot of virtual work. So obviously that's all just education and teaching them verbally how to move their bodies better. Um, in person. Yeah. We both, you and I both do some manual work, but yeah, the majority of what we do is truly just education in different, different manners. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's cool because uh, circling back to, you know, this whole, you know, we want people to come in, you know, maybe for some ongoing stuff, but not being reliant on us. You know, I mean, that's really the only way we can foster that because if we, you know, give them a $20,000, you know, modality that we have here in the clinic and they have to be on it. And the only way they can feel good is when they use that modality. And most people can't afford that in their own home. You know, now they're reliant on a thing. Mm-hmm. you know, um, which, you know, doesn't make them self-reliant. And sometimes that's indicated, obviously, you know, um, but uh, most of the time it isn't. It's just a little bit of body awareness and education, some teaching. I have the roadmap and I'm giving it to them. They still have to kind of go on that journey. Uh, but when they get to the other side, it's so cool to see. Absolutely. I love that. And that's a good way to describe it as far as the roadmap or the GPS. Like we can tell you where to go. We can't I can't physically get you there, but I can teach you and show you and guide you how to get there. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You got to ultimately find that pot of gold. And I think that's what really differentiates us from some of the other professions is that, you know, um, that we're not, we're not doing things to people, you know, we're helping them do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. If that kind of abstractly makes sense uh, for those listening. No, I totally get it. And maybe that's where some of the disconnect is for you and I, and with physical therapy is because I think a lot of, like you said, like the modalities or the hands-on work, like that's how a lot of therapy is done. Um, especially when we're chasing that pain and trying to get rid of pain. Um, and so there is a lot of that, just like hands-on, let me, let me get you out of pain. But I think there needs, and like you said, there is a place for that. It is indicated at times but we need a transition then to the like, all right, I've got you out of pain. Now let's teach you 
and you and like teach your body how to maintain this and stay out of pain. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, it's such a simple kind of concept, but I, I, I do understand and see how, how that can be overlooked um, by people. Um, and, and yeah, it's the overall aspect. What do we talk about every word? I think we use the F word every single time we're here. Not, not that one, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Function, y'all. <laughs> um, overall, we need to we need to get people back to function and um you know that that can only come from my eyes and i'm sure yours um through them learning movement corrections and how to get out of their patterns in order to break their cycle oh absolutely you know and i mean okay like well let me say this not that you can't get back to function just by getting rid of pain because you definitely can but the question is how long can you maintain that function Hmm. before it comes back yeah and so is that, we should look up the strict definition of function. <laughs> um, and and, and may, 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 I, I doubt there is a temporal, I, that's a good distinction, seriously, um, because I doubt there's a, a time component to uh, the definition of function. Um, but function, how people probably want to get to, it's, it's a long-term thing. Um, mm-hmm. People don't want to keep seeing us for the rest of their lives. Um, I would have to guess your wonderful personality brand but i'm sure people don't wanna... <laughs> Thanks, see, see, see you six times or five to six times a week uh for the rest of their lives <laughs> i don't need to see anyone that often no right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's funny any time's kind of running out here any closing thoughts from you today um I don't have any words of wisdom right now, but <laughs> um, no, I, I think we hit the nail on the head with, um, you know, with, with this kind of stuff, you know, we need to always be looking at um, is what I'm pretty, I mean, in, in all aspects of life is what I'm doing working. Is it leading to improvement in whatever aspect that is in our life? And if it is great, let's keep, you know, kind of going towards that road until it's not. Um, but if it isn't, we need to, we need to make an adjustment, right? You know, let's talk about it financially. Every, at the end of each month, you have $10,000 of credit card debt, you know, and then you're scrambling to pay that off. Okay. Maybe you shouldn't do that again the next week. If, you know, or the, sorry, the next month, if you can of course avoid that, right. Um, money is a great way to put things into perspective with people. Cause no, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Uh, but the same exact thing happens with our body, right? I love that um, that analogy there, but also the just yeah, if it's not working, especially long term, like don't continue it. There's find a better solution. <laughs> find a better solution. Awesome. Get help. Get yes, exactly. Don't try to keep doing it on your own. Well, Matthew, if someone wants to, in case they have missed all of our previous conversations, which I'm not sure how that would have happened. Absolutely not. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, um, definitely check out all of our uh, previous conversations. I think uh, people who are insightful and looking to do better by their bodies, um, you know, definitely check that out. But uh, if you have any questions, concerns, um, criticism, all of that kind of stuff, please reach out to us 
uh, at Autonest Physical Therapy. You can find us on all social media. Our Instagram handle is Autonest Therapies. You can also find us on Facebook where I'm a little bit more active. Um, but yeah, please reach out. I love healthy discussions about this kind of stuff, whether you agree or disagree. Awesome. Thank you again for chatting, Matthew. Always a fun time. Thanks so much, Brianne. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of Highly Functional and had some great takeaways from it. Now, if you are dealing with your own foot and ankle issues and would love to get back to running and racing again, I highly encourage you to check out runwithhappyfeet.com to find out what it looks like to work with me. Or if you want to do things even faster and take a deep dive into your specific situation, then book a free call with me at runwithhappyfeet.com book dash call. And finally, if you know someone who would benefit from the information provided today, I would love for you to share this podcast with that person. Now go out and have an awesome day.